Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. My name is Jana Krishna and I am your host. I'm also the founder of the Daily Lawyer. And uh, today is yet another episode in our daily story series. So this series is fast becoming one of our best selling or best listened series because uh, I think it's a lot more relatable and that was really the idea behind which we started the series. Um, and today we have yet another fantastic business owner, somebody I've met uh, multiple times over the last year and, and uh, someone I've really gotten to like for what she stands, uh, everything that she displays on her LinkedIn. Uh, mostly I follow her on LinkedIn, so I'm sure you you guys will know her in the course of this episode. I am speaking about Miss Komal Ramani Makija, the founder of Project, uh, which is a design-led firm. Uh, Komal is a graphic designer. She founded Project in 2018 and since then has worked with over 150 plus brands. Um, she does uh, logo design, uh, all kinds of packaging, brand design. Uh, of course, Komal will speak a lot. She should be a lot more articulate about what she does than me. So without further ado, I'm very, very excited to jump into this conversation with Komal. Komal, welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. Thank you so, so much for having me, Jenna. I'm super excited for this. Yeah, me too. I know we spoke before uh, we started recording. We were thinking what we're going to speak about, but you actually have so much to say because you've been an employee that way, as in you've been an employee and now you're, a, uh, you know, you run your own outfit and you've been doing that for the last four years. So enough number of, enough time for you to have learned many lessons. But before we go there, can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Where are you based? What does your company do? Sure. So uh, I'm currently based out of Bombay. Uh, I have been in the graphic design industry for more than 15 years now. Uh, like you said, I started as an employee. I worked with corporates. I gained my experience. And then I decided, you know what, this is not enough. And, you know, I can do much, much more in a much better role. Um, and I was very sure that I don't want to get into the race of climbing the corporate ladder. So I decided to start with my own brand uh, called Project. Uh, we are a design-led studio. We specialize in designing logo design, brand identity toolkit, and packaging design. Lovely. Just to little bit unpack what exactly you do with logo design and packaging and brand identity because see I have understood a lot more about what you do through your LinkedIn posts but for someone who knows nothing about this and these are all just like words in the dictionary how will you explain what you do? Uh, so when you say logo, uh, logo is the face of your company. You know how you are as an individual, if I have to recognize Jenna or if I have to recognize Komal, I put my face everywhere. I'll put my face on my WhatsApp display picture. I'll put it on my LinkedIn profile or my Instagram profile. That is how people recognize me. The equivalent to a brand is the logo. You have to put your logo everywhere. If you see a brand, they'll put it on their merchandise. They'll put it on their social media profiles. They'll put it on their product packaging. So we define logo as the face of your brand. Uh, a brand identity toolkit is, uh, see, a brand cannot just run on one single logo. Uh, there are several aspects you need when you're marketing a brand, when you're dealing with customers, when you have a product to sell. Uh, and all this needs to be cohesive uh, because you cannot use blue one day and green another day and expect the people to remember you. You know, there has to be a link between everything. So brand identity toolkit is defining that link for you as a business. So whether you need to use a certain set of colors, whether you need to use a certain set of fonts, uh, you know, if you are a brand uh, that will use patterns, if you're a brand that will be on social media, if you're a brand that will be using packaging for your products, 
all those things need to be defined much before the actual uh, you know marketing starts because everything needs to be in one line for the brand recall value that's a brand toolkit uh, when you say packaging design whenever you buy a product uh, you know the first thing you notice is the packaging uh, why did you pick up a product oh it looks cool uh, oh it looks sustainable uh, you know because it matches your thought process your values that you have towards your lifestyle uh so packaging is simply that uh we take the uh you know mindset of the target audience uh we take the mindset of the brand in what they believe in and we take the third aspect which is what the product actually is we combine all these three things and we develop a design which will appeal to all three which will make sure that is true to the product which will make sure that you know appeal to the target audience because packaging is usually you will pick up something from a rack of say 1000 things right so it needs to be appealing it needs to speak out to you so it needs to be appealing to the consumer the target audience and obviously it needs to represent the true values of the brands okay that is that was a good explanation for someone who knows nothing like i was some so uh, like you letter heads and creatives will they all be part of your toolkit is that correct to say yes absolutely absolutely so toolkit is something that's customized to every business uh you know business some businesses today uh use a visiting card they don't use a letterhead and envelope anymore uh because there is no printable stuff they are just an online brand uh so toolkit is an absolutely absolutely customized solution which differs from each brand to the other so it depends on what you want and how you want to take your brand forward so um Komal, because now you've been working for the last four—I mean, like you've been working for a long time—but you've been running your own organization for the last four years. As a business owner, what would you say are your top sort of priority items, a uh, top three priority items? Uh, so you know, being a designer, I would want to spend the maximum amount of time, uh, designing concepts and building brands because that is what I love doing, and that is the reason I started the business. uh but having said that as a business owner there are a lot of other things that come into the picture so my main priority is to make sure that everything else regarding the business is either you know delegated to an expert i find an external agency to do it i'll find a friend i'll, I'll ask somebody else uh my main priority is to you know keep minimizing that effort of doing the other things and you know concentrate more and more and more on my um, you know business so that's priority number 1 uh the second priority of course is uh, you know meeting like minded people uh, understanding what the culture is uh, where the industry is going attending a lot of different events uh, whether be it online offline uh, so very industry specific uh and the third priority is to hire the right talent uh in today's day and age it's become very very difficult especially uh, for me i am growing a virtual business i never intend to uh, you know have a physical office uh, it's always always going to be a virtual team so setting up systems uh, setting up accountability uh, to make sure i get the right team member on board so that i don't have to stand behind their head and actually see if the work is getting done my god you spoke to my heart i sometimes i feel like i say this in every episode because everyone you people say things which like they say it much better than what i can say you know like that so uh, but when you spoke about getting systems in place when you spoke about delegating what you probably either you're not good at or you've not been trained for or you just find it damn boring Absolutely. uh you know just delegate it out and i wish more people do what you do uh but just i'm going to pick from there and ask you what do you think about documentation 
as in what is your take on documentation because my experience is that most startup founders whichever stage of their business they are in, unless it is very important like they are attracting investors or and somebody has told them listen you need all this they don't do like they don't think about their registrations they don't think about having any contracts forget it's all like word of mouth and things like that which is a pet peeve but what is it what is your view and how have you how do you see documentation uh so you know it's a scary word uh because uh, while you're developing your business uh, your main concentration is on the product or the service that you're selling you want to excel in it because only once you excel in it you know you can uh, you know develop a good market for it uh as business owners you know i always believe we we work with horse blinders we are just so concentrated on one thing that we just completely forget that other things exist documentation is one such thing uh and you would not believe after being in this industry for so long uh this is the first year uh, where i actually started documenting things like the, my, i got my first documents made apart from the uh, registration of the company the registration of the company got done at the inception but apart from that any legal contract that i needed any uh, you know client uh, contracts that i needed this is the first year that i actually ventured into it uh so for the first 3 years it was all just you know what uh, i just played on my luck that nothing bad happened uh because you know nobody really tells us that all this needs to be in place uh we are not really taught about this in schools uh, or colleges or you know you know there is just nobody telling us to do this everybody is just uh, you know whatever videos you see they are all about uh, perfecting your product uh, they are all about how to market things uh, how to you know balance your cost but nobody talks about documentation so it's i think it's a very scary word for uh, all business owners and what do you think as in i mean of course what you say is true and it's something i realized only after i started the daily lawyer i mean before that you know how it was work would come on our desk and we would do that work we would not go after work but suddenly now that you are here and you're wondering listen like i started with so much passion like yes you know we should tell people people should know and then you're realizing listen nobody's listening to you like they were like listen i don't know what you're doing here jana i mean great good job do your thing but we are not your clients you know that was what is happening it was breaking my heart because i was like no no you are please i'm here to help you uh but anyway what is it what happened komal that for 3 years you you thought like yeah i don't need it whatever but why why this shift as in why did you feel the need to do it this year is that because you suffered some loss you had some bad experiences or you just felt like my my business is matured a little bit like what is the reason uh so you know jera uh, i think lawyers uh, are treated like doctors in our society where do you go to a doctor when you're sick uh you know there are uh, six monthly checkups and yearly checkups that you're supposed to get but nobody gets it done and you know when something happens to you uh, you know you're like oh you i need a doctor so i feel lawyers are uh, you know in the same uh, you know set because unless and until you don't suddenly realize oh i need this you're not going to go it is not something that's imbibed in our system uh so i would say i've been lucky uh, touch wood that uh, you know nothing no unfortunate incident has happened to me or my business uh, in four years of running uh so that was not the decision to actually uh, go and get the documents made but yes i did realize so initially you know when i started out i was interacting more with my inner circle uh like you know my clients were referrals from my ex colleagues 
you know, from my friend circle, uh, some people I know and people I trust. Uh, even the uh, freelance contract workers I was working with, they were referred to me by somebody else. So it was all my inner circle and I had no reason to think that, you know, what if things go wrong? Uh, so because that had not happened, uh, you know, I was very conveniently uh, sitting in, you know, uh, being all calm about it. And this year I started expanding my business. Uh, expanding my business means getting uh, contacts and networking events and, you know, getting jobs from people that you don't know. Uh, it also means outsourcing more work when, uh, you know, you don't have enough bandwidth to do that work. Uh, now, when you're outsourcing, every time you'll not be able to give it to your trusted person. There are times where, you know, you need more help out from outside world. So when that started happening, I realized that, you know, if, you know, I don't say that the person will be wrong, but what if things go wrong? And uh, especially in our industry, you know, uh, IP is everything. It's not really, really a product. It's a design. Uh, and you usually work in a collaborative team process. So uh, when I'm brainstorming with a freelancer, uh, and then, you know, what if the freelancer goes out and says, you know what, this is all my work. Uh, and, you know, what happens then? Uh, what happens if I hire a freelancer? Uh, and, you know, I feel that this is work is coming in and X, Y, Z. And what happens if the client does not pay now? Uh, because it's a new client. I've not worked with them before. So there were a lot of uncertainty uh, that started creeping in. And I wanted a holding ground wherein I, I felt safe that whatever step I'm taking, I know what I'm doing. Um, and if I start with contracts and documentation in place, uh, you know, the other person will also start understanding that I know my business. It's it's not everything is not just in the air. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uncertainty was, uh, you know, what led me to uh, finding for people who could help me document things. Okay, lovely. So what I hear, of course, uncertainty is a very good reason and that's because we we always say that the uh, you know having your documentation in place allows you to proceed with a lot of confidence and that is powerful but nobody thinks of it like that and like you rightly said documentation today is a scary word which is the worst thing it it shouldn't be it should be something that makes you feel safe not something that gives you fear so we have a lot of work ahead of us clearly but um you said something else also when you said, you know, it was not just uncertainty, but it was also because you wanted to look and sound professional. And that's why you thought that having documentations makes you look and sound professional to people who don't, people who know you. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not talking about them, but for the outside world. Uh, and that is a very good reason. I I mean, I, I should, I know it instinctively, but I think I should use it more when I'm in having conversations with people. Uh, but Komal, you said that you reached out to a lawyer and I know that you did. Uh, but what would you say has been your biggest, maybe biggest problem or biggest difficulty in finding legal help? Or did you have any difficulty? Let's just start from there. Uh, uh, so, you know, again, I feel uh, when I was working with agencies or, or corporates, you know, you have a separate department for all these things. Uh, me as a designer was just handling the design part. Uh, when it came to my business, I never thought my business is so big that I will need a legal section for it. You know, that's the thought process. We always think of it because, because I have been an employee. I think of it as a very big chunk of thing that needs to happen. Uh, so that was the first barrier that needed to be, uh, you know, crossed that it's not really that big a section. Like I am a freelancer. There is a freelancer who's there for small businesses. And like I provide small scale business services, even there, there should be somebody who does that. So initially I didn't know, uh, my thought process was if I go to a lawyer or if I hire a lawyer, oh my God, what's going to be the fee? 
can my business afford it uh, i know that's like uh, the biggest uh, people keep saying that oh my god lawyers are so expensive oh my god they, yeah, yeah so, so you know that was the first thing and then i was like okay let me try uh, finding a lawyer and when i started speaking to people uh, my first question was that you will document something for me what if the other person falters okay so then what's the process do i have to invest more time and money to get that person back on the legal track and how much more time and money because you know i'm a small entrepreneur i'm not i don't have like a big fat team of 20 people you know where i can assign one person just to run behind one task so what happens next so is it worth taking the pain so these were the questions that were holding me back um fortunately i'm i'm a part of a lot of groups uh, so what happens is you put one message and there are a lot of supportive people that come up and uh, i put one message and one such lawyer friend came up and now she is a friend and uh, you know she is like uh, don't worry uh, she explained the entire process to me step by step and uh, with the ease that she explained everything to me as like you know what i should have actually thought of this much before because the big bubble is just in our heads it's not like you know it's a you need a big fat budget to get things in place if your requirement is small there is somebody out there to cater to your requirement and you need to believe in that and then proceed wonderful answer komal i'm going to quote you on this i'm going to take this part of the podcast to spray it all over by instagram and linkedin and all that because like i said no sometimes uh, like whoever i am having on the podcast all our guests this this say the thing that i want to say in a much better way um, which is one of the reasons why i love doing this in your experience so far because like you mentioned you've been part of many groups and and then you also sort of changed a little bit thanks to your friend you changed your idea about lawyers right you also had a lot of and that is a negative bias that we are saddled with that's a fact what do you what would you say or what have you observed are some mistakes that people make when it comes to the legal or compliance or like you you owned up to yours you were like oh i wish i'd done this before it was like my luck that nothing happened but you know so you owned up to yours what what else do you think that people do uh from a risk mitigation angle no they don't think of their risk so from all of these lenses what do you think are some of the mistakes that people do uh so you know like i said before uh, i think as business owners we just concentrate on one aspect of things uh whether it's accounting whether it's legal we we just forget that all those aspects are as important to a business uh and you know since i know my job of designing it's actually easier for me to control the risk there because i am at scene uh you know everything is in my control i am the expert there so actually if just in case something goes wrong it will be easier for me to control the risk or the management there uh but i don't think we think that way we we are just you know like i said we we work with horse blinders and we are just you know focusing on uh, perfecting that part of it rest everything else i think we just we just don't take into account the amount, the cost uh, and loss of reputation that you can have uh, if something goes bad uh of course you know if somebody i'll talk as a designer if somebody has taken you know what i've designed and put it on their social media one Uh, my credibility gets affected because you know nobody will come to know who's designed it they'll see it in two different profiles so unless and until somebody comes out to me clarifies things nobody has that kind of time they they'll just you know the the trust level that you're trying to build in the industry completely goes off so i think there is a huge loss of credibility and reputation that we don't consider 
while you know understanding all these aspects we just feel that you know who will give so much time or what is the cost but the main reputation and credibility part is not something i think that we take seriously yeah and uh, once you know the consequences are so disastrous because everything that you work for is like gone overnight and it's not worth it when do you think it's important to have a legal team and when i mean a legal team i don't really mean like what you said you know like a in house three four people team but you also just a lawyer for a small business owner for a startup founder or whatever when do you think it's important to have legal help let's just say on day one yeah <laughs> i think it's as like like i've been saying i think it's as important as every single other aspect of your business uh even if the work is less at the start i think you should just define on things on who is your trusted person in that field so whenever you need something like tomorrow if i am starting a business i should have someone like a jenna on my side and you know i should just tell jenna that you know what i'm going to start this as in when work comes in and as in when i need contracts i'm going to contact you but whatever you think is good for me right now please speak up because you are the expert so i i think i i would want to approach uh, you know a legal team or a lawyer on day one a very true in fact uh, i've been working with a uh, with a startup they have not started up i mean they're starting up they're in the process of starting up so they are in the process of doing all of their registrations and things like that and we are uh, but they were so i'm basically i'm working with two different okay i'm giving you a uh, uh, like a comparative angle because there's one where they are four school friends and they are together and they are starting up uh but before they even did anything they decided to come to a lawyer means they came to me but they would they came to a lawyer to say that listen our relationships are very important okay like we are very close friends and when money enters the picture you know things happen and we've been such close friends over the years that we want nothing to go wrong so just drop like let's be clear like come you know all of us even when you're having the conversations what do we what is our vision what is our mission how do we look at money and stuff like that they involve me in the discussions so that everybody is sort of and i found that beautiful and extremely rare because they were like more than anything else our relationship is important and then we were now i am coming from the outside i don't know any of them so i was able to say that you know these people are aligned but this person is not aligned and you you should take him in a separate capacity and things like that no whatever so all that was possible because they came in the beginning the other group uh, they are uh, two people who became friends um later in life you know they became they met through some common friends then they found a lot of synergy and they decided to start a business of which one a uh, person is completely involved and the other person was like not completely involved let's just say and there was a uh, because they had nothing on paper forget on paper they they they're not sat and thought about things that can go wrong the questions that they can ask and now the there are there are serious problems and then it's led to a complete disintegration of the relationship and now you come to us saying okay you know what like what can we do what one of one is coming then the other is coming and now you you are like a divorce lawyer you know you are like okay 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 you know but the mess has happened and i and i always give the example of the first group because honestly till today like 15 year, 14 years i've been a lawyer this is the first time that someone has come at such an early stage you know so i think they did the right thing they they yeah, had they the priorities right, right. yeah 
but they are also uh, i think this is not their first business each of them have this is probably like i don't know which which number business but they are seasoned entrepreneurs so they have also seen some things because of which now they realize that listen at least when you're doing it with someone whom whom who's very valuable to your life do it properly i so, so agree yeah so now when you told me that no now that next time i start i, I will have someone from day one i wanted to say this for anyone who's listening that it's really useful and that we are there to help like how your friend came and helped you and then you're like listen they're not so bad they're okay only <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely yeah you're just there uh, this care is now um, off now yeah. now i know if there is anything i can just give someone a call and you know yeah. they'll walk me through it yeah of course yeah we are all there most of us are there only to help yeah and to serve um komal this is going to be my last question for this segment what would you say are some of the biggest pain points in your line of business uh from a legal compliance uh, that, you know that that angle and what is it that you would like to see in the world that would probably make your life easier in this aspect uh so i would divide the legal part into two different uh, categories one would be the client side and one would be the uh, employee side uh from the client side uh, what we usually want in a legal contract is a um, clear definition of how we are going to proceed uh set the timeline the scope of work uh you know if there is an nda involved uh because you know when you're working with a startup and if you're working on their pitch funding presentations or their initial branding uh they don't want the work to be out till you know they have not started marketing it so there are a lot of nda's involved uh with designing there is a lot of revisions involved so usually most design houses have a clause on how many revisions at how many cost uh, so that you know the project does not keep going on and on and on uh and of course the advance and you know how the payment structure is uh, going to be so these are the few things we look at when we are dealing with a client uh when we are dealing with an employee or a freelancer uh the basic things like scope of work remuneration all that is there uh the main point there is how to take credit for work uh because everybody knows uh, it's right to give credit where credit is due uh, but unfortunately uh, you know we come across a lot of designers who take credit when it's not their credit to be taken uh, so how do you divide credit uh, you know what platforms you can showcase your work on and if you're showcasing your work on a social media platform uh, does komal or komal's brand project needs to be tagged somewhere uh, you know or what we do is we write it in the contract itself wherein we say that you are being brought in as a junior designer so whenever you are putting it out there you will have to write that you know you did this project in capacity of a junior designer the creative designer was this the head was this the, the brand was this so you know at least when the client sees it or any other person sees it they know what is their part in that particular project so so these are the two different uh, you know ways of contracts that we usually uh, look forward like we usually have in uh, you know a design firm uh what i would want uh from a lawyer is to probably you know probably i would want one lawyer who would speak to both parties probably the lawyer can be uh speaking to my client and me listen to both ends and then come up with a contract so that you know no party is just uh saying not reading the contract or just saying yes because a lot of times you know we are so busy if if you know client sends me a contract and if i don't have the time to read i'll just sign it and i'll give it away and later on i realized oh i can't publish the work for a year and now i'm stuck um you know 
So yeah, so and with with designs, if I publish a work after a year, that trend is already gone, and my you know the my capacity to pull the audience based on that work is already gone. Uh, so the best case scenario for me is to have one lawyer between all parties, and uh, I will say my end, and the other person will say their end. And the lawyer can, knowing you know, being the expert, can uh, you know guide us on what is more reasonable, and then both parties agree to. So basically, you want someone like a mediator who will be like, yeah, you know, we we you'll take care of the entire or everybody's interests and do what is, you know. Arrive at a good, yeah, yeah, good compromise yeah. that everybody is happy with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. No one has given me an answer like this ever. Wow. In fact, when you started speaking, I was thinking, wait, but that's not like if I'm your lawyer, then I cannot be their the other side's lawyer. See, that's I how we are trained to think. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if the service exists, but you know, if my uh, client tells me that you know I have a lawyer team and you know they will draft the agreement for you, I'll be the first one to hop on board because yeah. I don't have to go through the hassle. You know, I can just yeah. tell them that these are my pain points. You make sure this happens, and best of all, you know, you can like any which way. That is how a contract is done, right? Nobody sticks. I can't say that these are my five points and I will not budge from it. That is not how a deal is cracked. You need to take the other person's uh, you know point of view into consideration. So when you are doing it yourself, why not pick one common agency and let the agency do because they are the expert any which way. Why do you want to take that headache on your head? Wow, this is a very new way of thinking, Komal. <laughs> I hope we are able to do it. I mean, uh, instinctively, I'm not. I was not able to understand because we are trained to be, you know, taking care of on one, one side's side, interests. Yeah. yeah, but I think that we, as the profession grows and as we become more collaborative, this is probably one of the ways to be. Good, very interesting. Um, again, another reason why I should speak more to non-lawyers than to lawyers because you give so much perspective. Yeah, absolutely. We we all speak the same language, you know. If we are speaking within our community, okay, Komal, we've done with the like the main part. I think of the podcast. The second part of the podcast I do for myself because I love listening to the answers that I get. So it's called five, four, three, two, one. I I ask you five of something, four of something, three of something like that. Okay. So um, five productivity tips. Or apps or whatever that you swear by. Um, having a daily planner. Uh, I have everything from my personal appointments to my professional to my meetings to my habit tracker. Everything in on that one page for the day. That sorts me out. Uh, second would be uh, taking up yoga. Uh, that's helped me boost my creativity and clarity to another level. Uh, third wow. would be switching off one day completely. Uh, from my work. uh pick a day uh, whatever day works for you and make sure you're not on your phone phone is also considered as work or you know referencing or whatever just just switch off take time off uh really works for me uh recently i've started doing this uh i've i've started putting a timer on everything so when i'm trying to finish a task instead of you know thinking that i'll finish this during the day what i do is i put a timer as to i, I need to finish this within 30 minutes uh so that really helps me because i can do many things at one like you know in one day i can squeeze all of it in one day and because i know you know a lot of times we try and perfect things too much uh, that need for perfection goes away when you have a time limit on it and uh, i would say take up a habit habit or a hobby which is not related to your field uh, and do it on your off day uh, because i think it it allows you to think things from a different perspective which actually helps you when you come back to your work wow and the last two things i want to try but what is your habit which you've taken up 
other than is it yoga or is it something else uh i love photography uh so i don't publish wow. a lot of the stuff that i do uh, and i was very sure that i don't want to take a photography into a commercial space uh because that is where you know i i i have the freedom to explore nobody is there to judge me i'm not making money out of it so i can just do what i want experiment and just switch off <laughs> wow that sounds lovely yeah i should try it not photography yes. because i'm horrible at it and neither do i have any interest but maybe something else i should see what else um okay four books that you would recommend anyone read or listen um so the first one would be start with bhai uh it's a beautiful beautiful book and you know we hear uh, this all the time uh, that you need to find the purpose of why you're doing things so how do you get to that why is actually defined in the book very very clearly uh the second would be uh, indra noe's book uh you know my life in full i absolutely love it uh, so many inspirational things to you know just reread again and again uh, one would be a uh, big magic by elizabeth gilbert uh yeah that's that's more towards a little creative thinking but but somehow i just uh, i absolutely uh, love that book so these three are my uh, go to books and what would be psychology of money it would be an interesting read yeah it definitely is just to clarify for anyone who wants to buy the books start with why is by simon sinek yes. and psychology of money morgan housel that we all know i think yes. if we have uh, if we are going to give out some awards for the best you know the most recommended books it is atomic habits by james clear we will yes. we'll <laughs> yes. first prize <laughs> all uh, lifetime achievement award we can give everybody recommends and the next yeah. is probably psychology of money that by morgan house so yeah it'll be amazing no if we can write to them and say these are the most recommended books on our podcast and we have become the brand ambassadors for your books <laughs> i know can you imagine okay three tips that you'd like to give young students or graduates or young professionals let's say um don't run after money in the first few years of your job uh try and learn as much as you can uh i think that is what is going to help you later on upskill uh, at all stages of your life uh, don't wait for the company to promote you or a chance to fall on your lap and uh, the third would be again uh, take a passion project or a hobby outside of your work uh, i think that that really really helps you see things from a different perspective and that will help you take the leap when all the risk that you require to take to uh, you know take the leap lovely ah huh? again if i have to give awards the first thing that you said no that don't go after money uh, is yes, probably yes. the first everybody says that and uh, sometimes i feel like we were also told that when we were in our f- uh, first year like i was a first year associate but at that time you don't want to hear it yeah, you're like yeah, what have so i true. studied for i've done this and this person is getting so much i'm getting only so much but it's only with age and experience not that we are very old but we are older <laughs> yeah. than the people who are we, like we have started off and i so agree you know i've been told this by so many people uh, who were close to me and when i was starting off especially my own brand my own agency uh, you know people were like don't look at uh, you know the amount the the client is paying you look at getting good clients and i'm like what rubbish <laughs> i need a number at the end of the month <laughs> you know that is what keeps me going but there i am again four five years down the line and uh, i feel that's a mistake uh, you realize it much later but if somebody is in the headspace of taking the advice i think i think that is something they should follow 
true i will also uh, endorse this advice because i also un understand now we understand and now we wish so people don't make the mistake that we made uh, it's a long game right yesterday i was telling somebody she's just passed out uh, law and i and i was telling her you know in our profession and even in yours komal because your success depends on you we we have to play the long game you know we should not, like we are not one pataka that we burst and then we are disappear so true yeah. so true so i was telling her just relax you're going to live till your 70 80 you can work till then yeah, you know, don't yeah. be in a hurry but yeah uh, okay on that note two life lessons that you have learned wow um the first one would be ask for help uh i think i didn't do that for the major part of my life uh i am not somebody who is okay going up to a random person and you know just randomly asking for help i i'm i'm i feel very shy and i i always have this thing what will the other person say and why would they help me for starters uh but you know just try it and you'll be surprised with the amount of support and kindness you see around uh and for you may it may be a big big deal asking but for the other person it may just be like a minutes work so ask it it really really uh changes your life the second would be learn to let go i think we hold on to our failures our successes our conversations too long um i think we just need to learn to flow with what's coming towards us rather than ju just holding on to things beautiful the second one is something i'm also trying to learn i liked how you said we hold on to our failures our successes and conversations it's very nice uh sometimes when we say let go we only think of the painful things in our lives you know yeah, but yeah. it's important to say even the even our highs it's over yeah i mean it's just going to be momentarily the next day you have to get up and you have to work to again get to that level Absolutely. you know that success is not going to be constant if you don't get up and work yeah so i think we just need to take one day at a time and do our best and then just go off to sleep with a happy heart that okay i did my best yeah lovely excellent uh, excellent lesson actually and on that note what is the best advice that you have received wow uh yeah i think it was to be uh, to build a life so that i can go home and sleep peacefully at night uh you know when we were growing up uh you know i i'm from a business family uh and you know we have seen a lot of ups and downs and uh, when we used to sit with our parents you know our elders and we used to discuss and you know see they have seen a lot more than we have seen we have like our generation is still more like there are a lot of comfort available and you know the struggle is less uh they always used to say one thing do only so much so that you're happy at night and you can go off to sleep don't take so much stress don't do so much that you know while you're going off to sleep you're you're scared about something you have a fear about something you're unhappy about what you've achieved uh you know so make sure that there is a right mix of everything so that you sleep peacefully that's that's like the the key to a happy life very true very true i think most of, more more number of us me included have to absorb this one aspect because i think somewhere no we are being conditioned to like you see in the movie tal yes, you know how like yes. hasil karo hasil karo hasil karo like that yes, yes. we yes. should also the hasil be... culture is too hyped yeah 
Yeah. yeah, and we and you know uh, today with the exposure of internet, uh, we see so many successes around us. We just feel that is what it is supposed to be. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's not even true half the times. We just mm. we just see one part of it. That's true. Yeah, now that we are at least we are being more active on social media, we realize how small an aspect it is of our lives. Exactly, you know, and when you follow somebody and when you look at somebody's life, we feel that is it. That is what they do. Yeah, you know, there's nothing else to their life, and they are not facing any struggle. But when yeah. now that we post on LinkedIn, uh, you know, especially, and when we write those long, long articles, we know that you know that's just one task done in the day. Yeah, we we course. have so much more to conquer. Yeah, I know. And many of that, many of the times when you are writing or posting on social media, it's all planned. Like it's like oh, I'm going to talk about A, B, C, D, whatever. But that's like done. We plan on one day and then we post and finish. But the rest of the days we are still working, and yes. some days we are some days are hard. Some days you know everything that we plan doesn't go the way it has to go, and everything you're not posting on the on social media. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. It's it's so, just one small small action. action yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that is important for all of us to remember. Komal, thank you so much. It was such a nice conversation that I I don't know how time passed. I I told you that we'll do it for half an hour, but we've clearly overshot that time and we've kept chatting. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, we will link all of your handles and project uh, and your website and everything in the show notes. So that's for sure. Um, uh, but anything else you want people to tell you? You want uh, to tell the people how they can find you, how they can support you. So yeah, we we have a good presence both on LinkedIn and on uh, Instagram. On Instagram, we go by the name By Project, which is B Y P R O J E K T. Uh, on LinkedIn, we go by my name, which is Komal Ramani Makhija. Um, very active on all platforms. Feel free to you know message me, follow me. If you have any questions, just drop in a DM. I'll be more than happy to answer. And thank you so so much, Jenna, for inviting me. I had a lovely lovely time chatting. Uh, and I'm so glad I have a new lawyer friend now that I can call up and say, you know what, I'm stuck. Help. <laughs> yes, anytime. Happy to help. Bye, Komal. Thank you so much. See you. Thank have you. a lovely day. Thank you day. so much, Jenna. Bye.